genre. Ever fight with a rat over a basket of half-eaten chicken wings before realizing the rat probably has more calories, so you just eat the rat instead? Me neither. Welcome to Beyond Geek by Night, where we've been discussing each episode of the Geek by Night podcast leading up to the series finale. On today's show, we will be discussing the 33rd episode, Supermax. So take a break from creating tiny, cute little Loch Ness monsters that no one else knows about, because we're about to go Beyond Geek by Night. I'm your host, Matt Bennett. And here is our awesome panel. I'm joined today by writer and creator, Scott Corelli. Hello. Writer and executive producer, Nick Jimenez. Hello. Voice of Lorelai Swift, Naomi Wong. What's up? And composer and voice of Max Carmichael, Scott Tofty. Rats are high in protein. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) In this episode, Supermax, we pick up where we left off with Simon's revelation to Mindy that he has been using a robot double since Hanukkah last year, and he has strained his body in his effort to get Victor back. Mindy decides to hold the secret for now. They're summoned to Underdog Comics, where Max Carmichael is trying to make amends with the team and become an underdog. Unable to forgive him for his past decisions, the team sends Max on his way, and he inevitably arrives at a Froyo shop, where he uses his powers to treat himself to unlimited samples. Meanwhile, Charlotte Swift encounters Victor and tries to recruit him to lead the overachievers. After she once again is accosted and embarrassed by Billy, Charlotte decides that she has finally had enough and releases Victor back into the grid, asking his help in taking down Dr. Medina. As Max manufactures a crisis at Froyotopia, um, oh, my summary's not, okay. <laughs> Max manufactures a crisis at Froyotopia Dude. after Leo Dobbs, who works in publicity, falls under Max's influence and lobbies for him to lead the team. The underdogs are alerted that there is a hostage situation in the business district. When the underdogs and Max arrive, they find Bobby Jean Wilcox robbing a bank. Time Zone, Supermax, and the rest of the team apprehend Posse, and Max is told that maybe someday, possibly, sort of, kind of join the team. Back at the Supermax prison, Lorelai finally reunites with Victor, who has managed to communicate with her through the grid. He tells her of Charlotte's revelation, and she is overjoyed to hear from her friend. Lorelai and her sister now have a common enemy, and she decides it's more important to abandon their feud and join forces to take down William. Lorelai is back baby all right well done matt you did have that slip up earlier so i'm gonna have to ask you to leave (laughs) it was was a good run (laughs) it's either an a plus or i fail (laughs) that's how we roll on geek by night (laughs) oh no far away look in his eye that none of you can see (laughs) i've I've walked that line so many times (laughs) Uh, I'm going to start with you, Scott. Um, okay. So it feels like the... Ep- or Sorry, I'm going to start with Scott Corelli. You are next. <laughs> <laughs> did this last time we were... Okay. Scott Prime. Um, nomenclature, thank you. <laughs> uh, second, Scott, um, it feels like episodes are getting bigger and bigger as we near the end of the show. Um, how have you felt about the quality of the episodes in this final run now that we're three episodes in? I mean, I think I think this episode uh, in its in its completed state, uh, I kind of listened to this episode for the first time after getting the score back from Tofty and just thought like, okay, this is our this is our best episode that we've produced so far. Granted, I think the next episodes are even better than this one, Um, (laughs) but it's it's really satisfying 
listening to this episode and it turning out exactly the way um, Nick Cass and I envisioned it to be. Um, I think it, it, it turned out phenomenally well. Uh, and I'm really, really excited about it. Do I remember you saying there was a tear in your eye? Upon there was. This? Yeah, yeah. There was a bit. There was a bit. And it's not even like a, it wasn't even a moment of like, um, like a sad moment or an emotional moment or anything like that. It was just like a part of the Billy, the, the, the Billy stuff um, uh, or Bob, I'm sorry, the Bobby stuff um, in the uh, in the uh, the bank where just like in the reveal where you you heard all the other bobbies and they were taking off their masks and stuff and it just with the score and and the the way that it was it was mixed together and just like everything was working exactly the way i was hoping it would work and yeah i got a little misty i'll be honest because i was just like wow this works so well <laughs> you love it when a plan comes together yeah yeah um yeah, so I was just like I, I don't know, I was just like immensely proud of the show and of um of everybody who works on it because it was just like it it was just sort of like this perfect um I don't know, moment of me listening to this and being like, wow, this is this turned out exactly the way that I wanted it to and I was I was really 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 happy. So, got awesome. a little misty. <laughs> so nick this is your first time directing in the second season and i th yes. think your first time since directing status quo possibly yes. um does anything feel different about directing these episodes since um you know the last time you were really in it was episodes five through eight? Oh, definitely yeah 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 i mean like that was you know that was four years ago that you know and and so 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 the, the part of starting this was like oh like remembering like oh right <laughs> this is what this button does that's how I do this. And I just was making mistake after mistake after mistake and just kind of relearning how to do it. But I will say that once I fell into it, it just became a much more, I don't know. I was able to, it, it felt much more creative to me this time around, like picking people's lines and really playing with tone and like, and like, like picking lines and listening to it over and over again and having fun with it and moving stuff around. So yeah, it was a lot more fun this time around. Because uh, last time I was just just learning how to do it. <laughs> you kind of had to learn it all over again this time, though. I did for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you, you had some muscle memory stored somewhere in the recesses <laughs> of your mind. Yeah, and like my weird mind palace. But but there definitely there was a lot of moments of him like walking out. Because for those of you who don't don't know that are just listening to this, Nick and I lived together. We're roommates, like frog and toad, like frog and toad. Um and. Uh, uh, <laughs> And so he would like come out of his room periodically and be like, I think I deleted everything. <laughs> and I was like, I can guarantee you, you did not. Let me. That's the thing. Yeah. I was always operating <laughs> under the specter of there's a magic button you can press that will just undo all of the work forever. <laughs> and and it's seconds. The guy I worked with was like, did you hit the delete album button again? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it felt sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think Nick's direction in this episode is, uh, really, really stellar. I think, you know, I, I this episode, when we, when we broke it, um, it, you know, it was interesting because I would say Nick was involved in the breaking and then something happened where I, I went to go outline it and it wasn't working right. And so Nick was busy. He was doing something. I don't remember what he was doing at this point, but he couldn't join us for the breaking session. And so Cassandra and I got on a call that was like six hours long where we, we broke down like, okay, 
how how do what 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 is the perfect journey for Max as a character in an episode? Like this is our shot at doing a Max centric episode. How do we do that? What what does he need to go through? And we broke through the whole episode where it's like, oh yeah, of course he needs to go back to the way he was before, um, and and learn that like, oh, if I'm going to be an underdog, I have to knock this off. I have to stop being Max Carmichael and do something else and, and, and change a little bit. And, and coming up with that, we outlined the whole thing and I gave it to Nick because Nick always does the first draft of like most of the episodes of the season, uh, or actually I think all of the episodes of the season you do the first draft of after we do the outline. And it was the first time he had read that story. And it was the, it was one of the only outlines that he actually immediately responded to me about, because like typically he'll do the outline. And then three days later, I'll be like, so did you like the outline? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got like 18 pages started. It's like he just like doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he just reads it and gets it starts. Oh. Um, and, and this was the first time that he read an outline and then like came out and was like, that outline rules. This episode is going to be great. And uh, and then he wanted to direct it. Um, and and so from that point on, he wrote that episode and I got his draft back and was like, this episode's the funniest episode we've ever done. And then I started hearing the actors perform it. We did our table reading and stuff. And I was like, this is even funnier than I thought it was. And then, and then I get his direction back. And I was like, this is even funnier than I thought it was from the table reading. And then I think I added a lot of humor when I did the sound design and then the score. And it's just like, it, it was just like every step of the process, the episode got funnier and better every time. And I'm just like, Super, super impressed by how well you directed it and how well everybody just like brought it on this episode. It's really good. Yeah, sure. Definitely. I'm gushing Nick, a little what, bit. I really love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about this script, Nick, that uh, made you want to choose it as one to direct? Because you, you obviously see every script. Yeah, I do. And I love every script uh, in a way. Like, I, I, I really love the ones coming up. They're, they're so crazy and fun. But, but so this one, so I had this moment when I was directing it. And because directing, you're just really like laying the lines down. You're kind of making the spine. And I had this moment where I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm making a really long episode because it's like 50 minutes. I'm, I'm making a really long episode of SpongeBob or <laughs> or like The Simpsons. I feel like I'm making an episode of The Simpsons because like McKitty City is much more of a character in this story mm-hmm. where like then the way that like a random fish in Bikini Bottom will just have a personality <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's interesting, you know? <laughs> and so, I don't know. The, the, uh, the episode has like a sense of fun and it really- All right, redemption time, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just found myself like going on those little flights of like, and, and like all three of us kind of going on those little weird little flights. Mm-hmm. But then also it's like a really emotional episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it opens with like one of our, like one of my favorite scenes of the show, which is just like Morgan and Andrew just getting to like be in a room with each other for a few minutes mm-hmm. and just kind of be emotional. But then also it goes to these big, crazy comedy places. It's, it's a really <laughs> weird episode. I, I really like too because we have the revelation of Robot Simon. Now we can lean into Robot Simon yes, a little a, bit more. And everyone's <laughs> terrible at noticing. <laughs> which, yeah. which just added to the humor in this episode, I think. Um, I, I, love, I love the Robot Simon jokes. I think they're so dumb. <laughs> No, he's great. And we keep we keep throughout the season trying to one up ourselves now (laughs) with like robot Simon situations. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah and then like then they like naomi is so terrific in this episode mm-hmm. like every, uh, yeah like uh we were so excited about getting to finally tell this lorelei story that we've had in our heads for so long yeah it was really cool getting to to see this episode title has been in my head since halfway through last season like i knew very early on that i wanted lorelei to go to prison at some point um and uh because i thought i thought like the idea of lorelei breaking out of prison tickled me um and I also knew I wanted to do a Max centric episode. And so for the longest time, I didn't know what the episode was, but I knew at some point I wanted to cross those threads and have an episode called <laughs> super max that doubled about, you know, Max trying to redeem himself and Lorelai being in prison. And it finally happened with this episode. And I'm so, I'm so happy with how it turned out. Yeah. 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 So uh, Tofty, let's talk Max. There's a lot of Max in this episode. Maximum. <laughs> Maximum Max, yes. Um, so just getting started off talking about uh, like Max's character this season, were you surprised to see Max's redemption arc? Um, no, I wasn't. I was pleasantly uh, excited that it happened. And I, I mean, I've been in this character for a long time. And I've throughout the you know 30 years that I've been on Geek by Night, I've sort of talked correctly behind this. <laughs> now and again and he has you know always let me know that there's kind of there's there's more coming with max there's something else there's there's more than meets the eye and i've always played him as a a bumbling buffoon who is going to be redeemed at some point i've always wanted Mm -hmm. him i think i wrote a spec script eight years ago or whatever when we were doing the first season where i kind of like hinted at a max turn like he could be a good i've just it's i've always wanted it I don't know if I ever thought it was actually going to really happen, but I've always wanted it. I've always wanted to see Max sort of part of the team. So I wasn't surprised when I saw it. I was really happy that it finally happened. Do you think that he deserves a place in the underdogs? <sighs> I think that I deserve a place in the underdogs. <laughs> um, Max, probably not so much. I don't, I don't think character-wise he's, he's really done anything to warrant it because he is pretty much the most selfish character in the entire show, mm-hmm. bar none. Um, so no, I don't think he deserves a spot. I think it speaks to the 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 moral compass of the underdogs that they're kind of giving him a shot. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going to bite him in the ass, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. What's coming, but uh, yeah, I don't think he deserves any special treatment. No, he's a not, he's a jerk. Not yet, anyway. No, he hasn't done anything to earn it yet. He basically just like got you know outsmarted by billy and was like well i guess i'm a good guy now this life path <laughs> is now over i might as well try the other thing i've seen obviously as well as playing max carmichael you also composed the score for the show and the score in this episode is huge and awesome and i noticed that there's some really interesting variations on a theme because by this point you know max has a theme the underdogs have a theme like uh, there, there's kind of that that musical vocabulary that we've established over 33 episodes. Do you experiment a lot with the score, like trying different things, or is it pretty clear what a scene's going to require when you first start? Well, a couple of things. That musical vocabulary is super cool because a lot of the music is just reused from past episodes, which is awesome. And then this <laughs> year, something really fun has happened and helpful is that Corelli now puts down a like a google doc of like this is the scene this is what we want the score to kind of be here's an idea i have hmm. 
musical idea, but he'll, he'll like, he'll talk me through what he thinks should be happening musically. He's like, maybe a max theme, maybe a variation on this, which we didn't have in season one. I kind of just did everything on my own. And thankfully he liked a lot of it. So this time we're definitely going in with much more of a, like a structured approach to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have this library of music where there is like a max theme. There is an underdogs theme, Um, except I don't know how to play any of them anymore. So I literally have to relearn how to (laughs) walk up them, which has led to some of the interesting variations that we've heard. Some of those variations are very intentional. Like he came at me in this episode and he's like, there's, uh, I don't remember which scene it is. I think it's the scene where Max is like pitching himself to the underdogs. Um, Corelli's like, I I want like, I want some sort of like Max thing that it's like, it's, it's not quite the Max theme. It's something. And then when he, sort of they don't let him in it kind of goes back to the old max theme so i was like what if i just do like bits and pieces of the different elements of the max Mm -hmm. broken apart and they kind of slowly just congeal back into that max monopoly comics theme by the point where he everyone's like no you can't do this and he's like well fine i'm gonna go eat froyo then things like that are definitely more intentional and then there's other things where i'm literally i've got my hands on the keyboard and i'm just like i think this is how the lorelei theme goes and then i do something i'm like oh that's a fun variation we'll add that in that's great (laughs) um but it's it's been a different process this year and i'm also like but trying to teach a day job in covid and like i'm i'm scoring other projects i'm also way busier now so i feel like i'm on sort of the the razor's edge of knowing what I'm doing is any good or not. So thankfully, uh, Corelli told me that he was crying at my beautiful music last time. (laughs) Thank God. I had no idea. Yeah. Last season, I I just let Top to do what he do, whatever he wanted. Um, But I think I think we still like early on kind of like figured out what the sound of the show was because er, in the in the first episodes and the earliest releases, you were doing like a sitcom score. And I was like, no, we, we can't all like electric guitar bass with like, like 90s styled, like yeah, it's very yeah. like season one power Rangers. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or something. And Carly was like, no, this isn't it. No. Nope. Yeah. But, but in typical Tofty fashion, he gave me the score like a day before the episode was supposed to come out. So we had to release it. And then he uh, went back and, and, and remixed and changed the score in those early episodes. Something. Um, <laughs> But so we still discovered it as we went along. And then I just kind of let him once he figured out what the show was supposed to sound like, he he kind of just like rolled with it through season one. But now that we have sort of like a baseline of what the show, the show's musical language is now I can like do this, the 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 scoring notes and things like that with him so that, you know, because like I, I, you know, I'm not I'm not the most musically literate person. You know, I used to be in a band and things like that. So I like kind of know a little bit of what I'm talking about, but nothing at the level that Tofty does. Um, and so I can, I can just tell him about like how I want something to feel and I can reference other, other tracks and things like that. Um, and, and he's been really good at, at uh, executing um, my wild ideas that I get in my head in terms of what I want. The fun part is too, and I didn't necessarily do this on purpose, but I originally kind of like wrote all of these things in similar keys. And there is like a common like music theory language running them all. So like when it comes to like inserting the max theme into the underdog score, like they, they kind of, there are places that they fit together sort of by accident um, Hmm. out of all of them being constructed together in such a short span of time. Like they're all cut from the same, you know, musical cloth. So a lot of these things 
you know, when it comes to combining or variations or things like that, they do kind of happen um, sometimes pretty naturally. Other times it's a fight, but a lot of the times if I'm fighting the music, then I put it down and I say, Scott, I'm going to be a day late. And he goes, son of a biscuit. And then I do something better anyway. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's always true. Exactly like that. Corelli, when you are um, writing notes out um, about this, is that is that occurring at like the writing stage or is it something that you start to get in your head as you start listening to some sort of like draft or uh, no, it's, it's, it's after I finish the sound design. Um, okay. I, I touch base with the directors of the episode and we sort of go work our way through every scene um, and and figure out like what what we want the mood to be and what we think would work here or there. Um, and, uh, it, it works out really well because it gives them a chance to hear the, the episode with the sound design before it goes to Tofty, um, and give me any notes. And then also we get to build that, that score sheet together. Well, so even like you gave me the note of, you know, for Bobby Jr., like something with a, like a, a Western tinge, like completely and totally informed what I did. Like I would have never gone in that direction had that score note. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely is that this process is shaking things up this year in a, in a really nice way. Her theme rules. Thank like, you. yes, rules. <laughs> D on a Fender Strat, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. <laughs> so good. Can we expect more uh, songs on Bandcamp anytime soon for that we're in for the new season? I, I mean, yeah, I think once the season wraps, I, there are a handful of tracks already that are like, you know, a minute, two minutes long. I, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't do another volume of, of Geek by Night music. I, for a dollar? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun little promo wouldn't it for a limited <laughs> yeah um i'm down whatever i'm taking uh, notes <laughs> the, the patreons for free whatever we want to do i don't care mm. um but yeah definitely i i'm i i think the music for this show is really interesting i'm really proud of a lot of it i'm not so proud of some of it but most of it i'm really proud of <laughs> and i like i'm excited for people to hear it you know i think that it's if you're vacuuming your house on a Sunday, why not listen to the Lorelai Swift theme? It'll be, you'll be done in no time. It's just, it'll motivate. <laughs> you can hatch evil plans while you Swiffer. That brings me to Naomi. Uh, let's talk about Lorelai. Oh. Um, she is uh, definitely going through some inner turmoil now that she is locked away in her own cells. And we're seeing a side of her that we no- don't normally get to. Uh, is it more difficult for you to do emotional scenes like this, or are you comfortable enough with Lorelai as a character at this point that it's just kind of par for the course, normal? To, to be honest, like I, I really enjoy doing the emotional stuff. I think one of my favorite episodes last season was Ghost Story hmm. because I got to like stretch those muscles a bit. Um, plus, you know we're recording this all in 2020 and it's fairly relatable to me as someone who's been living alone the entire time. So it's sort of, you know, you know, slightly method, but not by choice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's only seven episodes left in the entire series after Supermax. Are you going to miss playing Lorelai? Mostly. Yes. I'm not necessarily going to miss, um, being given techno babble that I need to say at 60 miles per hour in a Scottish accent <laughs> that, that I'm, I'll be I'll glad never to apologize not do. <laughs> for it because you're so goddamn good at it. Well, you say that as someone who's not Scottish, I, I have Scottish friends and like, I'm so scared that they will listen to it and then be like, um, 
what what is this <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is oh. fine it's fine it's fun have you <laughs> from your scottish friends about this hmm? i said have you gotten feedback from your scottish friends about this I got feedback from one Scottish friend a couple of years ago who said that, like, I don't know if, I don't think he would, I, he listened to the full thing. I think he listened to, like, my demo, which was, you know, cherry-picked. <laughs> um, but he said, you know, he was like, oh, it's pretty decent. I'm like, good, good. Because go. I cherry-picked that scene. So but- I got to ask, um, the Papa Roach song. Is this was that your choice, Toby? Was it written in the script? Oh, Scott is pointing at yeah, Nick. That one, that one was in the script. I think the only the only song that I contributed myself was like my en- one of one of not my entrance, but like my entrance to the first full episode I was in. Yeah, when I ad libbed mm. a little bit, and it just happened to make it. I but was no, no, this was so, definitely so tempted to write a heavy metal version of the Lorelai Swift theme in there. <laughs> <laughs> The guitar in my hands, I'm like, can't, two on the nose, can't do it, can't do it. So close. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> she hasn't earned it yet. You know, obviously, there's a lot to talk about in this episode. And actually, at 51 minutes, this is the longest episode of the show so far. Um, Scott and Nick, did you do you write episodes with a length in mind? Um, and then sure, sure we do, and then we 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 keep it in mind as we go right past it. <laughs> oh, we're thinking about so, it the whole time. Yeah, is it always longer than you expect it to be? Yeah, yeah, and then you know, well, it it's interesting because like you know, the new normal and Genius Boy were originally one episode, mm-hmm. and then we were like woof, and then we cut that in half. And but a, that one, but that one benefited because it had two distinctive stories. Absolutely, it benefited. Yeah, yeah. like I think it was one hundred percent the right decision. But as a result, retroactively, Supermax becomes this like, oh, this one's like fifty three minutes. It's like a behemoth. It's a behemoth. Yeah. And I remember being like, oh boy, I hope it doesn't drag. I hope it. Are they going to be exhausted by the mm-hmm. time we get to Bobby Jean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, guys, come on. And I think everything to do with Scotts, the Scotts's you know, music and post-production had everything to do with, hopefully that episode whizzed by for me listening to it. Oh yeah. I, I didn't know how long it was until I was done mm, and went back to check it. Cause yeah, that's a long time to like sit still. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to people like pausing and like going to make some tea or something about like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I wasn't, if I wasn't so dead set on this season being 10 episodes, um, you know, I might've split this up. There's, there's a place where you could have split it up. Um, but my thought was like the reason that that worked with the first script was because they formed two distinctive episodes, whereas this one would have had to be just super max part one and part two. Mm. Um, there's not uh, two distinctive stories. And I didn't like the idea of Lorelai only having like one scene in one episode. Cause she has three scenes in this. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of like only ha- giving her one scene in one episode and then two in the other in whatever direction yeah. that would, it just felt weird. And, and Lorelai and Max both have such lovely arcs in this episode. Yeah. Where they go mm-hmm. from hopeful to hopeless in different points in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, Cutting that in half just doesn't feel as good as like this. It's a really cool ride you go on. Yeah. This episode. yeah. We're just we're just sort of hoping that this far into the show, 33 episodes into the show, we've earned the length 
Um, <laughs> and if I'm wrong about that, um, let me let me know. And you know, when this is all through, maybe I'll I'll find edit points in these episodes and go ahead and split them up just to keep them all smaller and more bite sized. But I I I personally think that's a narrative mistake. I don't. I'm not into that idea personally. Um, but you know, I also don't want uh, you know if people are opposed to 50 minute episodes. I'll say that we're definitely not super interested in going that much longer. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, but never I, say never. Well, yeah, what I'll say is <laughs> the next episode is longer by like, oh, okay, by well, like, by like five minutes, okay. something like that. Um, and then, but then the, the two episodes after that are, are much shorter than, than either of, yeah. of these. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know. It it ebbs and flows. <laughs> we're web, we're a web content man. Sometimes we're going to be over an hour. Sometimes we're going to be like forty three minutes. Yeah, you know, sometimes the Mandalorian is uh, is thirty two minutes long, and sometimes yeah. it's fifty eight minutes long. You know, right. it's whatever. It's whatever it takes to tell the story. What are you doing? <laughs> Come That's on. why we need to watch Quibi, where everything is only two minutes. Oh wait, yeah. Oh no. Um, oh, R.I.P. Shout out to the people. <laughs> <laughs> to pay respects. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, you mentioned uh, Bobby Jean, and I really want to talk about Bobby G, Bobby Jean Wilcox, aka Posse. Um, what was her inspiration, uh, and when did you come up with her? Before, before you do it, because I'm, I'm just, Please. I just want to say. So, in the outline, this is one of the, my proudest moments as like a as a writing partner with Nick, because in the outline, when I got to that scene. Me and Cass were banging our heads against the wall and we're like, I don't know what this scene is or what makes it special. And I was like, I'm just going to I'm going to see if Nick can come up with anything. And so in the outline, I literally wrote emotional beats like something. So so a bad guy is a thing and (laughs) and Max tries to stop, but does it in a Max way. And he has to learn to do it in an underdog's way. And then, and then outline the sort of end bit where he takes over the, 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 the news and uh, um, with your cameo, by the way, Matt. um, Yes. And, uh, uh, and, and wrote that cameraman. Yeah. So I knew, I knew that it, it, I, we, we wanted it. We knew what the emotional beats were. I had no idea what the plot was. That's the outline I gave him. And I got it back with Bobby Jean Wilcox and the yes. whole thing. Incredible. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> it was, it's amazing though. Yeah. She, she came from a very pure place. I, I don't know. Sometimes like every once in a while, just something just kind of just pops right out and she was just there. And like, I didn't really ask a lot of questions. Like her power just kind of came to me. And that's usually like, the hardest part mm-hmm. is coming up with like a power that works audio wise. But it wasn't even just the power. It was the way that you revealed the power like, oh, sure. over the course mm-hmm. of the scene. Like the you, you set it up yeah. and you kept it hidden and then you revealed it. And I remember when I got to that reveal in the script, I was like, oh, shit, that's so good. Like, <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then her being like a, I don't know, I guess I was like in kind of like a Woody Guthrie place over the summer. And I just really <laughs> like the idea of her being like this crusading farmer's daughter <laughs> to save her pa's farm from the banks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Usually around this time, I ask, like, does anybody else have any thoughts about this episode? Um, but what I thought it would be fun to start doing is uh, to start giving shout outs to people who worked on this episode that, you know, there's so many people that get involved with these um and so many talented people that we only get to talk to a couple of them in here but a lot of others contributed um so to start out uh i wanted to give a shout out to claire elizabeth for her performance of bobby jean wilcox um 
Bobby's awesome. And just like we just talked about, it was a, a great surprise. And I thought Claire nailed it. Definitely. Um, does anybody else have any shout outs they want to do? I do actually, if I, if I may, I, I took a screenshot. I, over the course of directing this episode, really fell in love with all of our supporting characters this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 you know, like the barista that Max runs into, uh, the angry <laughs> customer, the cop. And so, yeah, I just, I don't even, I, Kyle, I, I, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if they're listening to this, uh, but yeah, uh, Sarah Crow, Carlton Smith, CW, CW Brown, Sean, gone, Oliveres, Corbin Lee, Thyler, Quarter, uh, Grand Kavanaugh, Warren Blackie and Lydia Utter could have looked at it once before reading it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they, I, they all did like a great job. And I remember like in my imagining, like, can I bring these people back? Can they like show up again like later on? In the <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna do that. But. Well, they 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 all like most of those those are returning people. They they all like kind of come back. That's crazy to me characters. too. Yeah, over yeah. The, over time. Um, but uh, uh, let me see. I want to shout out to Zach Luna who I think Joel <laughs> has some of the funniest things in this episode. He's so, he's so goddamn funny in this episode. Um, and it's, uh, and especially the scene where um, Leo comes to the shop and uh, he starts doing one arm pushups. Um, Zach was actually doing pushups. Like, like uh, just like me. slightly off away from the mic, just doing pushups and just like making grunting noises the whole time. And as soon as I heard it, I knew that I had to honor it. I knew that I could. <laughs> oh, yeah. It. it goes for like a minute. I was just dying. I had to honor this work. And so it became and then thankfully it was just the right amount of it was just small enough that it doesn't overpower the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It was it's amazing. Zach was so good in this episode. We have him do pushups in the table read. I feel like he I did. Think, I know he wasn't in the table. <laughs> oh, he wasn't. I think, okay. I don't think he was there. He yeah. Was. He probably would have. Yeah, yeah, he probably. <laughs> I I really really have always appreciated uh, uh, the work of Aurora Mills. Emily um, hmm. done a great job, and I thought it was a really interesting way to do it this time under Max's mind spell. Like it's 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 not a big part, but every time Aurora comes on to deliver the uh, uh, the McKinney City news, she just kills it, and I just feel like there's some recognition. Like she plays a reporter so well, but then she also plays a brainwashed reporter really well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, especially good considering I don't know if she actually listens to the show or not. So like I don't know if she even knows the context of what's happening. She's just. Performing these lines as she's told (laughs) does it so well. So yeah, I agree with that for sure. I've really enjoyed this season, the addition of uh, Leo Dobbs, Mr. Billy McCartney. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it makes me smile every time I read his scenes, every time I hear his scenes in like the table reads and it's just, yeah, it just, he just makes me smile. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, he Billy Billy's, you know, was a writer on the show last season and he's like a, been a friend of mine since college. And it was so it, it, it it's been so fun this season getting to kind of write for someone whose voice and com- comic voice, you know, so well and then getting to like pick his lines and then like getting to hear him do a scene with Zach this episode was <laughs> really crazy. Uh, I didn't say stop. Yeah, yeah. He really, he really brought that character to life in a way that I think. Cass and Scott and I were really hoping that he would, and he and he totally did. Yeah, yeah. We've he him he's... with Lorelai yet? Have we? No, they haven't met yet. It's like Game of Thrones, you guys. <laughs> that moment. <laughs> that moment. We do. Yeah. Soon they'll be going north of the wall to grab a wildling That's or the finale. They grab a white. Yep. 
Um, um yeah no Bill, billy billy's great and uh and and all of this has been good but um he's not in the next episode but the episode after that mm-hmm. he has like this really long <laughs> chain of <laughs> explanation stuff that is uh uh was, was just like a joy to hear him do in, oh, the, in the in the table reading oh that's right he was, yeah, was yeah 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 and uh, i can't wait to hear what that sounds like in the final episode i'm i'm really excited that was like the most fun i think i had writing leo dobbs was writing that stuff in episode <laughs> five i think so yeah episode five or 35 i guess yeah so <laughs> billy mccartney's great I, I especially like how blase he is. It's like, oh, my fiance wants to show me some rock from an ancient civilization in space, so I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a throwaway line. Right there, <laughs> he for sure knew about water on the moon like six months ago. Moon's <laughs> wet. It's wet. It's wet. All right. Any uh, <laughs> any more um, shoutouts or final thoughts? Gosh, everyone, Morgan was so delightful in this episode. Mm-hmm. I, I I love off-balanced, disoriented Mindy. Hmm. Uh, I love I love the, the thing that I like I really love about you directing. I think I would be I would be too uh uh self-conscious to put in some of the some of the takes that you put in, just because like I would be like, this is weird, right? This is probably too weird. But like there's that bit where like it's my love language yes the little <laughs> the little flight that her voice goes on like, that's the take. it's like a little like sing-songy in a way that like makes me laugh every time and i know <laughs> that if i had directed it i wouldn't have picked that take but i'm so glad that it's in there yeah, I, I, another one that i really love that's like that is um when uh when when leo's like hope she comes back am i right gwen and gwen's like well, well, i don't know like why why would i the line was like I'm sure she calls everybody little ladies that even when she called me, I don't remember. And there was one take where she just kind of like went off on this little like giggle trail. <laughs> and I was like, that's the take. I don't even care that she says the rest of the line. Like that's the one. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it kind of makes it feel more real, realistic, grounded. Yeah. They're, they're really bringing it this season. Oh, they're all great. Ray, yeah. Right. 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 Ray is really bringing it this season. I think this is, I think this is Elliot's best episode. They're really like Elliot. In this yeah. One. Elliot is really good. The the, tube the, sock. The, yep. Yeah. The tube sock thing is. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Pondering about the, the individuality. Question. Yeah, please. Naomi, the Papa Roach song. Did mm. you know it or did you have to look it up? Well, I looked it up. I did know it, but I didn't know it from the words. If you, if that makes sense, <laughs> it's one of those ones that I know it when I hear it. Mm-hmm. But when I just, I'm, I'm like that with most songs. To be honest, I like anything. I, I just, I look up. I'm like, oh, this looks like I'm supposed to be singing. It was better Google that. Conviction in the delivery. I really, that's my shout out for you. Was you just act- yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I did train in musical theater, <laughs> and it all led to you. I will, I will say, I did matters. it purposefully, purposefully not well. I want to put that out there. Lorelai sure. Swift cannot sing, <laughs> but Naomi wants. That's true. <laughs> that a, is it? Is it difficult to sing badly when you can sing well? Yes, I only sing badly. <laughs> Right. That's, she, yeah, that's I want to be clear by the look on her face. She never would have said any other answer, but yes, it is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you want it to sound like you're not trying to sound bad, because otherwise you get, you know, not to yeah. call anyone I su- specific. I suppose out, it's but you get, you get like, mm-hmm. there's like 
a specific episode of Glee where a certain character has <laughs> laryngitis and the way she's singing, I'm like, that's not how someone who has laryngitis or who can't sing would sing. That's someone who can sing pretending to sing badly. And it's very obvious. Whereas the, the best version of people who can sing singing badly to me is sister act before they get their act together. Mm. Amazing bad singing. Mm. Sorry, I'll get off my little no, show. That's, oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. You and I, I, I whoopee. I also remember like Felicia Day had to kind of downplay her voice for Dr. Horrible because like Penny, mm. the character wouldn't have like, she's like meek. Yeah. 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 True. All right. I didn't mean to make everyone think about Dr. Horrible. No, it's all good. <laughs> Down. Ah, uh, Dr. Horrible. <laughs> all right. What? Oh, I said simpler times. Mm. <laughs> A long time All right. ago. That was what? <laughs> 2008? Yeah. Probably. Something like that. That, that summer? Right. Yeah. They put it, like, it online. It was, season, yep. it was like season three of Supernatural, which came out in 2005. So, yes. It's <laughs> yeah. a weird connection to make. Well, because it was such a short in your life season. Punctuated by supernatural seasons? Not always by supernatural, just just oh, TV right, in general. Oh, right. Because the writer strike. I see yeah. what you did. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That's why. Oh, everybody okay. short I'm, season. I'm following the yep. logic trail. I see. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm going to sit my kids down and tell them about the WGA writer strike. <laughs> <laughs> now it changed all over lives. Fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I want to say thank you again to my guests, Scott, other Scott, decide amongst yourselves who is who, Nick, Naomi, for joining me today. And thank you to all of you, the fans, the underdogs for listening today. If you'd like to support the show, please join the Dueling Genre Patreon at DuelingGenre.com slash support. You'll also get access to classic Geek by Night episodes, scripts, and other behind-the-scenes materials, as well as bonus content from some of Dueling Genre's best shows. You can also tell your friends, families, and followers to subscribe to Geek by Night on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this now. And stay tuned for the next episode on November 15th, The Blind Spot. Thanks for going Beyond Geek by Night with us. Have a super day. <laughs>